Welcome to We Live for Saturday, your favorite college football podcast. Normally, I'm your co-host, Mike, but tonight I'm just your host, Mike. John was unavailable for this emergency podcast. Emergency podcast, you ask? Why an emergency podcast? Well, you may have heard the news or maybe you haven't, but Nick Saban, longtime head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, is retiring from his position. So that is shocking news. Um, I know there have been some rumors of him retiring, but I honestly just attributed that to his age, and I'd never thought that Nick Saban would walk away you know, at this point. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about some Big Ten business. This is a Big Ten-centric podcast after all. So I want to talk about Ohio State and the transfer portal. And apparently, Ole Miss running back, feature running back, Quinshawn Judkins is transferring to Ohio State. So that's pretty big news. Judkins put up really good numbers and was really efficient in his use this year at Ole Miss and is a pretty dynamic player. Now, the big question is if Travion Henderson goes pro or not. Because if Travion Henderson doesn't go pro and Quinshawn Judkins stays... And the longer Travion doesn't say anything, the more it looks like he's going back to Ohio State, in my opinion. Then that's a really high-profile back backfield next year for the Buckeyes. And you take that backfield with Travion and Quinchon Judkins, and you put that together with Will Howard at quarterback, and that makes me think that Ohio State is going to run the ball a lot more next year. And it makes sense because the team that's beaten them has beaten them up front and beaten them in the running game, and that's Michigan. And so it makes sense that Ohio State is going to try to regain that kind of physical edge going into next season. And, you know, in an effort to regain an edge, head coach Ryan Day has fired multiple assistants, including special teams coordinator Parker Fleming, who's been with the program for several years. He also fired safeties coach Perry Eliano and he has replaced uh, Eliano with Indiana co-defensive coordinator, coordinator Matt Guerreri, who was not retained um, by Signetti's staff, the new staff in Indiana. And on top of that, Day has signaled that he's going to bring in an outsider to be the new offensive coordinator. So he hasn't made that hire yet. Um, but he signaled that he's going to, and that, well, Brian wide receiver coach, Brian Hartline's job is safe, that the new offensive coordinator would have the latitude to make staff changes if he felt they were necessary. So day is making changes to his staff in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. I think the Buckeyes are putting all their chips in on a national title run next year because that's what Ohio State wants to do every year. And that's true. But Day's making big moves and making these moves in the transfer portal, trying to upgrade a quarterback, um, taking on a more run-centric, perhaps, identity, and upgrading the coaching staff 
it seems like Day is really going all in on next season. So it's going to be exciting to see the to follow the Buckeyes and uh, see how this develops. See who uh, Dave ends up bringing in as special teams coach, and also uh, where he goes with the offensive coordinator position will be fascinating to watch in the offseason. And when Day makes those moves, we at we will for Saturday we live for Saturday. We will report on them. All right, let's talk about the reason though. This emergency pod has been called. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Nick Saban is retiring. And Nick Saban has had quite a career. He was a head coach all over major college football at Michigan State and then at LSU and finally and for his longest tenure at Alabama. And Saban won a national title at LSU. Nick Saban won six national titles at Alabama and eight SEC titles at Alabama. Nick Saban is the most successful college football coach of all time. Now, we can argue if he's the greatest or not. He's certainly the greatest head coach of the modern era. There's no question about that. And if you want to go throughout the annals of all of college football and have that discussion, about how um, Saban matches up against the, the greats of old. You know, we can have that discussion and we will have that, that discussion because Saban's earned that. But today, let's just talk about his legacy. And he is the most successful college football coach um, of this era. And a lot of people would argue of all time. And it's not just all the winning. He also changed the game with the way he coached it as well. His pattern reading concepts for defensive backs change the way people play and coach defending the pass. It just did. All of the techniques that defensive backs use today, especially corners, um, are informed by pattern reading concepts. And Saban revolutionized all of that. And so... You know, defensive backs can go on film. They can see the patterns that are run the most often out of different formations. And they can know, you know, it's either going to be this, you know, if they come out in X, in, you know, X formation, it's going to be, you know, this route, this route, or this route, probably. And they can be ready for that. And that, you know, in the constant battle between offensive and defensive football, that was a huge leg up for defensive football. And Nick Saban helped revolutionize that. So he's one of the most influential coaches because he won a lot, but also because he was an innovator schematically, which not many coaches are, right? A lot of really great coaches don't ever come up with anything very new. So the fact that Saban did puts him in a <clears throat> puts him in a in a very select few at the top of the coaching echelon. Let's talk about the impact of Saban retiring also. This restarts the coaching carousel, people. So Bama now needs Alex, because it was done. Coaches were all head. There were still assistant coaches being hired and things like that. But the head coaches, that hiring, that was over. 
but it's not over anymore. It just isn't because Alabama, the biggest fish in the sea, essentially needs a new coach and they're not going to risk it on some unproven up and comer. No, Alabama is going to go find an established coach An established coach is going to already have a job. So Alabama is going to steal a sitting head coach. And then that school is going to need a new head coach. And then that school, which which will also be a high profile school, will poach a sitting head coach. And then the next school will need a new head coach, etc. So the coaching carousel is back on. And on top of that, there's a decent chance that Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the NFL at any time now. And it's also possible Jim Harbaugh will stay in Ann Arbor and be there for a long time. But he's wanted to get to the NFL. He just won a national title. It would make sense for him to ride off into the sunset at this point, go back to the NFL and take another swing at winning a Super Bowl and catching up to his brother. You know? Because sibling rivalry is powerful. No, I don't really think it's that. But Harbaugh wants to win a Super Bowl. He always has. He's been open about that. So I just think that there's an NFL team that's going to take a chance on Jim Harbaugh. Look at what he's done at Michigan. Look at what his record was in the NFL for the 49ers when Harbaugh was an NFL coach too. Put that together and say this is the guy at the top of his game. He just won a national title somewhere that hadn't won one in a quarter century at Michigan. So I think Harbaugh is going to get an NFL job. So that's, that'll be another job that'll be open. Now, the thing about that is that a lot of people think that if Michigan opens up, if Harbaugh leaves, that they will probably promote from within with Sharon Moore. So that might not be as big a domino on the coaching carousel, but it's all, all, always possible they don't. It's always possible they hire you know from outside. Um, so that could be something too. But with Nick Saban gone, Coaching carousel is on and there's going to be a few schools that are hit by this. And when it comes to assistance coaches, assistant coaches and filling out these staffs and things, there's going to be a lot of schools that are hit by this. So it's going to be really interesting um, to see where Alabama goes with this. With no likely internal replacements at Alabama, um, Pete Thamel Reporter Pete Thamel put out a coaching list with these names. Um, Here's this quick projected target list. Dan Lanning of Oregon. Kalen DeBoer of Washington. Dabo Swinney of Clemson. James Franklin of Penn State. Mike Norvell of Florida State. Marcus Freeman of Notre Dame. All come with complications and big buyouts as it's difficult to move entrenched coaches. So there you have it. Um, That was a quote, a tweet quoted from Pete Thamel. Um, Those are the names highest on the list. I have to laugh at James Franklin. James Franklin agent, James Franklin's agent must have done a good job getting him on the list is all I have to say. Because there is no way in any reality that James Franklin is a candidate for the Alabama coaching position. He has not won at a level that's going to put him on one of those lists. He just hasn't. 
Um, those other candidates are all really interesting, I think, in different ways. Dan Lanning obviously comes from the SEC, and he's gone to Oregon, made Oregon really physical, um, tough up front in a way that they probably weren't before, but also had a high-scoring offense. Um, he's seen as a rising star in the coaching ranks. He's a young guy. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, similarly, has had a meteoric rise um, to becoming from becoming Washington's coach to uh, getting Michael Penix to go to go with him from Indiana to Washington to turning Michael Penix into a Heisman finalist and making it to the national title game. So he's had quite a meteoric rise. Dabo Swinney at Clemson. I mean, you can't forget that the guys won a couple national titles. Um, I would say that Dabo would, I would be surprised if Alabama went with Dabo mostly because he hasn't adjusted seemingly very well to the transfer portal era. He has not used the transfer portal much at all. And he sort of said things about it that make it feel like he just would rather recruit all his guys out of high school and have it go that way. But that's not the era we live in. You have to plug holes in your roster and you have to use the transfer portal to do it because everyone else is. So if you're not doing it, you're in trouble. So I just, think because of that, I would be surprised if Alabama went with Dabo. Um, so James Franklin, they're for sure not going with Dabo. I would be surprised. Uh, let's look at Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell's a great coach, right? Great on the field. Great X's nose. Obviously led Florida State to an undefeated season even though he didn't have his quarterback in those last couple games and managed to managed to beat good teams with his backup quarterbacks. Um, but the thing about Norvell is that he has struggled to win on national signing day. And if you're at Florida state and you have Florida, the second best state for high school talent first or second in your backyard you should be recruiting at an elite level and closing prospects at an elite level and norvell just kind of hasn't been doing that so if you were going to hire norvell you would have to make him agree to change his staff probably pretty dramatically and get some guys who are big shot recruiters to come in because that's not his specialty. But I just think at Alabama, you need someone who's a shark recruiting wise. If you're going to maintain your position at the top of the college football hierarchy, because yeah, they've been on top under Saban, but before Saban, Alabama, some jobs are kind of, most jobs have ups and downs. There's a few jobs like Ohio state kind of never goes away, right? Ohio, St Ohio state might have, a bad year once in a blue moon, but it's never two years in a row. They're always right back at the top right away. Alabama before Nick Saban was in the wilderness, they were struggling. They had a lot of problems for like quite a while. So it's possible Alabama could fall off as quickly as they climbed up to the mountaintop. So it really matters that they get this higher right. And I just can't believe that they're going to risk it 
on a guy who's not an elite recruiter. Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. I mean, that's an interesting choice, but I just, I just don't think you, he's won enough to prove it. I think if you, I, I just don't think you risk if you're Alabama. I, I don't think you're rolling the dice on Marcus Freeman because of that. I keep coming back to Dan Lanning. All he's done is win. He plays a physical, aggressive, fast brand of football that plays well in the SEC. He's a relentless recruiter. I just think that I just think that if they're going to go anywhere, Dan Lanning makes a lot of sense. And then that really opens things up because then suddenly Oregon potentially needs a new coach. So this is going to get exciting, folks. And you'll have to come back and follow us. Um, and we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on. All right. Now let's talk about another angle from the, about this. Um, along with ESPN's propaganda machine, Nick Saban made the SEC the best quote unquote conference in the country. Without him, the SEC may never have risen to its current stature. It wasn't that long ago that an undefeated Auburn team got left out of a BCS national title game under that old BCS system where the it's just the national title game with two teams. And Auburn was undefeated in the SEC, and they got left out. <gasps> Gasp, right? Like that could, Like you could never imagine that happening now. And that's... Because of Nick Saban, Nick Saban's the reason you can't imagine that happening. Nick Saban, you know, winning seven national titles in the SEC, and especially those six at Alabama, making him the most successful college football coach, you know, pretty much of all time. Um, that's why it's impossible. That's why, you know, a, a school like, Florida State got left out of the playoff for Alabama. It's not right. I'm not saying that was the right thing or the fair thing. It definitely wasn't. because Florida State was undefeated and deserved to be in the playoff. But the reason why it happened is because Nick Saban has elevated that school to that stature at Alabama and has, along with that, you know, made the SEC the face of college football in some ways. So... That's all up in the air now. And the Big Ten just won a national title. And I'm not saying the SEC is going to go away, right? I'm not saying it's still probably going to, because just because of where talent is in this country and where recruits are from, the SEC is probably, you know, it's the Big Ten and the SEC and then everybody else, right? The Big Ten and the SEC are at the top. The SEC will probably always recruit a little better than the Big Ten just because of population dynamics in this country. Um, but it's the gap is going to close dramatically. And it, it has closed and is closing dramatically now that they're, it's becoming the big two conferences. So I think this era, this BCS, I'd say the, you know, the later BCS era and then this four-team playoff era, which has been kind of the dominant era of the SEC, I think it's possible that that's over. And yes, the SEC will still win 
a lot of national titles, but you know, it might be more like the SEC wins half the national titles, not almost all of the national titles. So I think that's something to watch going forward. Um, I think, yeah, the game is reshifting. I think you're going to see a lot more national titles won by the Big Ten. And I think schools that have an inside track to the playoff now, like Florida State and Clemson. I mean, I know Florida State's not going to be in the ACC for much longer, but they're in it for now. And whoever comes out of the ACC is going to have an easy, you know, is going to have a nice a nice track as one of those top um, teams that can get a bye, probably. So it's going to be really interesting in this new era. And I don't know what's going to happen in the Big 12. The Big 12 is going to be wild, right? Big 12 is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know how many national champions are going to come out of the Big 12, but it's going to be the most entertaining league to follow. And, you know, those teams are going to be battle-hardened when they come in to the playoff because they're going to be playing in a lot of close games because it's a lot of similar teams that recruit similarly and have similar resources and all that kind of stuff. Um, So this new era is going to be really exciting. And I think it's going to be a little more democratized talent-wise now that we're out of this four-team playoff, now that we're going to have a 12-team system where, you know, if you want to go to the playoff, you don't just have to go to Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, what, whatever. Those teams that go and Clemson and the teams that go all the time. You won't, there are more schools that are going to be in the playoff. So there are more schools you can go to, more schools that can sell the hope of getting to the playoff. And that makes a big difference. And also now, you know, with NIL, there's more schools paying uh, players that way. And that's, you know, spreading talent out a little more too. Hopefully we can get to the point soon where we're paying players directly. And, you know, that's what Jim Harbaugh has been calling for. And that's what they need to do. And I think when that happens, that's going to benefit the SEC and the Big Ten even more. And we'll see even more of a break between those two conferences and everybody else. Um, But it'll be really good for all the teams in the Big Ten, especially the ones that aren't, you know, the helmet schools at the very top of the league. Um, Hard to imagine the college football world without Nick Saban, for sure. That's going to be crazy. And on the same day, another college football legend, Pete Carroll, current ho- uh, coach of the Seattle Seahawks, is out with the Seahawks. And obviously, Pete Carroll had the last dynasty before Saban. You know, now they didn't win a bunch of national titles the way Saban did, but Pete Carroll's uh, USC teams were the dominant force of the early mid two thousands in college football. They absolutely were. Um, and he had a juggernaut and they were still, you know, they weren't quite as good his last couple years, but they were still a threat right up until he left. And I think if he had stayed there, they would have gotten on top again at some point um, because he just had that kind of program and he had that kind of, you know, coaching talent, I think, and just charisma to to get people to want to work with him and work around him. So Pete Carroll and Nick Saban out on the same day. Now, will Nick Saban be done with coaching? Because he was kind of pushed out. He didn't want to be done coaching. So Pete Carroll, I think, you know, obviously you're thinking, does he get another NFL job? But I would be, I think obviously 
as a college football fan myself, I think it'd be fun if Pete Carroll came back to college. That would be great. I think he could still do it. I think there are plenty of schools that would still, you know, still be willing to give him a shot given what he accomplished when he was, when he was uh, at the collegiate level. So it probably won't happen. He'll probably be an NFL coach if any, if anything, but it's fun to think about. And yeah, Nick Saban, winner of seven national titles, once again, is retiring. Alabama is looking for a new coach for the first time in, what was it, 17 years or something like that, that Saban's been there. It's been quite a while. Um, so thanks for rolling with me this long. I'll be back or we'll be back with John for a podcast soon. Um, you know, and we'll be covering, you know, whatever news pops up and then we'll get into some of our off season things that we're going to do, which are going to be a lot of fun as well. So please rate review and subscribe and thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.